everybody, and welcome back to the Like Stars podcast with me, Pete Goodman, as we talk through issues of faith, wisdom, of scripture, trying to figure out exactly what it is that it means to live these things out and understand God's word better. Uh, today, I've got uh, going to run through on a question that came in a, a little while back, dealing with another episode about the Lord's name and the Lord's name in vain and things. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's a little bit different because I usually do the podcast every two weeks, and uh, this one is kind of in the middle. But I uh, just want to jump in. Thought it'd be fun, and uh, I'm kind of celebrating a little bit myself. I've been, uh, as you know, if you started with the podcast early on, I actually started this as a way to formulate some ideas for a book idea that I had called Like Stars and. This week, I was finally able to wrap up the manuscript and send it to the editor. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. It should be out probably in a couple months, maybe three or four months. Uh, and like I mentioned in the last podcast, still working through also developing a New Testament survey video series that's going to be available. So a lot of stuff going on. And uh, man, I'm just grateful you joined us. So on this episode, uh, I want to start by oftentimes I come on here and I say things like, hey, share it, like with your friends. And I often say like, if you're on, uh, whether it's uh, Apple or Spotify, consider giving me a rating and a review. And I do that every time, but I thought, you know what? Maybe what I need to do is just read some of the re- ratings and review. Maybe to help you hear what other fans and people that love the podcast are saying so you can get kind of an idea. So rather than my normal kind of jokey, make stuff up sponsors, uh, this episode of the podcast is actually going to be reading your reviews of the podcast. So I just grabbed some off of Apple Podcasts here, just some random people. I don't know these people, but I'm really curious what you guys are saying about the podcast. So we are going to read your reviews of the Like Stars podcast together on air. You ready for this? It's going to be great. Okay. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and randomly pick one here. Uh, Let's see. I'm on Apple. Uh, Okay. Here's one. Karen from San Diego, local. All right, Karen, what's Karen say? Uh, As intended of all the greatest art forms, the Like Stars podcast truly stirred my emotions. Thanks, Karen. Um, She goes on, uh, though mostly feelings of anger, revulsion, and a general bitterness that the last 40 minutes of my life were so callously wasted. Precious seconds of my existence swallowed into the black abyss of Dr. Goodman's rambling, incoherent idiocy. It was astoundingly awful. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> what do you expect from a Karen? <laughs> just being Karen. You know what? The one person doesn't, you know, whatever. We'll just forget about Karen and find another. I bet one of these are positive. Oh, let's try another. Oh. Oh, let's see. Ooh, uh, Agatha from Sarasota Falls, West Virginia. Agatha, everybody's nice in West Virginia. And that's great that she's listening all the way across the country. What does she have to say? Agatha says, it seems somewhat ironic that a podcast all about Christianity has led to my faith in God being so seriously questioned. I fail to comprehend how an all-powerful, loving deity would allow any of his children to endure the immense pain and suffering caused by listening to this moron talk. God, if you are real, please make it stop. <laughs> I mean, whew, that one stung on two fronts. Uh, but they, they can't all be bad, you know? Okay, whatever. Okay, we'll do another one. Surely somebody has some good things to say. Uh, Tom from Grand Forks, North Dakota. Everybody's nice in North Dakota. All right, Tom. Tom says, hey, like stars, I've got a riddle for you. Oh, I like riddles. 
Who's got two thumbs, both pointed straight down, that thought this podcast was a steaming pile of horse droppings? This guy. And I'm assuming he's pointing his thumbs at himself. <laughs> you know what, Tom from North Dakota? Why don't you take those two thumbs and... S no, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus, help me, Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right, people. Uh, look, I can't, I can't end on a bad one. Okay. Uh, reviews. All right. One more. Let's just do one more. Surely somebody has something good to say. All right. Here we go. Listening to Like Stars felt like playing a game of Would You Rather. All right. Uh, would you rather have to keep listening to another excruciating minute of Pete's nasally nerd voice or get punched in the junk by 500 baby kangaroos? Well, bring on the thunder from down under because I cannot fathom of anything being worse than another episode of this drivel. Okay, come on. Seriously, let's who wrote this one? Signed The Ghost of Mahatma Gandhi? Really? The Mahatma decided to come back from the grave just to say how much he hated my podcast? That's I mean, it's kind of an honor actually. So, uh, I'll take it. All right. Well, uh, hey, those are some reviews for the Like Stars podcast. If you want to leave one, go ahead, jump online, Apple, Spotify, whatever, and uh, tell me how amazingly awful I am. I can take it. If the Mahatma can, so can you. And that is your reviews of the Like Stars podcast. Let's dive into this week's topic. So uh, a few weeks ago, I did a, an episode on this, this picture in this moment where Moses first meets God at the burning bush in the book of Exodus and learns of God's name, Yahweh. And in that moment, we learn that it means existence, to be, things like this, all what that all was about in the ancient world of gods and all these kind of things. So go back and listen to that if you'd like. It's called uh, about the name of God. And within that discussion, I had made kind of an offhanded comment that somebody followed up on, and I thought it'd be good to keep talking about. And it was this idea of looking at the name of God in the sense of this command of one of the third command of the Ten Commandments, which says, uh, do not misuse or take the name of the Lord in vain. And I kind of made a quick offhanded comment that we often misunderstand what that means. And so someone said, well, could you explain it? And I even mentioned that. So uh, what did the Bible mean when it commanded the Israelites not to take the Lord's name in vain or specifically to not misuse the name of the Lord? What exactly is that supposed to mean? We first find this in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, uh, verse 7. I'll go ahead and read that for you. Uh, it says, this is the third commandment. It says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. What does that mean? Now, if you're anything like me uh, and people write horrible things about your podcast uh, and you grew up in a, a Christian home maybe where, you know, you had to watch your language and things, it was often common, at least for me, to hear a certain swear word or swear phrase referred to as the Lord's name in vain. You know, like you're out there uh, building a deck and you swing your hammer and you hit your thumb and you're like, God, it, you know, um, and and then, oh, dude, you took the Lord's name in vain. You can't. It's like as a kid, like you know, saying that was like the worst of the worst. And honestly, even in my family now, and like not only that, but we don't even really say God as a like oh God. We we try to do that. We tend to say gosh or golly, you know, Christian swearing. Um, so this idea of don't take the Lord's name in vain was often associated with God blanket GD kind of thing. And uh, we tell our kids not to say it. It's a, it's a swear word. 
And in many ways, I let me just start by saying, I don't think you should be saying that. I, I don't think it's good language. I don't want my kids saying it. I don't say it. Uh, but while it's kind of connected, and we'll see that here in a minute, there's, there's a tie to all of this. What the actual commandment to not misuse or take the name in vain meant in their culture, in their context, was a little bit different. It wasn't just what we would think of as swearing. So a couple of things. First, let's start with this word that sometimes the, like the King James translated it as in vain, uh, but most common, like the NIV, we just say the word misuse. Uh, it was a Hebrew word, seah, or sal, like, I'm not good at Hebrew, but, um, and it, it really meant this. It meant two things. It meant false speech or false swearing. And again, sorry, I'll come back to this. Not swearing in the sense of like being angry and, you know, cursing, swearing more like an oath, false, saying something or promising something untrue, or referring to uh, bringing disaster or bad things, sometimes associated probably with like a curse or something like that. Uh, it's asking for something bad or saying something that wasn't true. So I want to I want to take that idea. So this Hebrew word for misuse means speaking falsely, lying, um, lying under oath maybe, or as speaking bad, cursing, disaster, bad things. And both of these uses of the word were misusing the name of God and were against God's commands. And I think in many ways, while we don't follow the Old Testament the same way, we've talked about in this podcast, there is something about these commands that I think is important for us to understand and see how maybe wisdom might apply them to our lives. So let's break down the two sides of this word. Uh, something that is false or not true. And then actually they'll want to start with this idea of disaster or bad or, or bad things. So in the ancient world, names were associated with someone's character and their reputation. Uh, oftentimes you'd see people in the ancient world change their names when something big happened in their life. Like you've become something different. So now here's a new name. When they wanted to name their children, they really were like, what kind of child do you want this to be? And as we saw in this, the previous episode about this one, we talked about how for the deities, the name of the God often spoke to what they did, what kind of God they were, what they were in charge of. So names were a big deal. Uh, names also had a very personal side. When you knew somebody's name, there was, there was connection. And they believed there was power in their words. They believed that when they spoke and they used words, that there was something there, especially when it was related to how they saw divine beings and gods. And when the real one true God speaks to his people, he's speaking into this. So let's start with this first idea of misuse being carrying the meaning of disaster or calamity or bad things. What we want to understand is the reason why that's there is because when it came to, and I'll use the word, I'll use a big word here, invoking, calling upon, bringing someone else into it, name dropping maybe, there were really two reasons in the ancient world that people would invoke or call upon the name of a deity. And the first one was um, basically what we might think of as magic or incantation. Uh, in a previous episode, we just talked about the idea of div divination and calling upon the gods. Um, the ancient people believed that uh, you could call upon a god's name in order to do magical things, right? So I call upon Zeus to whatever, whatever. So right off the bat, when they used the name of God in a magical divination kind of way, immediately uh, we've already outlawed that. Like God has already said, you're not to do that. No divination, none of that stuff at all. Um, you don't use me to try to do magic tricks. Now, 
we could go in a whole different direction here. And it's difficult because I'd love to, if we all had the time or whatever, we're not talking about prayer and that's important. We're not talking about prayer in the sense of coming to God as father and saying, God, I'm talking to you as a friend. I need help here, whatever. That's different. Magic or incantation is not personal. It's not relationship. It's not coming to God in this sort of friendship, father, child, you know, help me. I want, I want your help. It is trying to put a quarter in the slot machine, pull the lever and get out money. Magic or incantation is trying to use the name to like force the deity to get what you want as if God is a genie. And if you just rub the lamp the right way, you get three wishes. That's how many people thought of and treated the gods by having the name. They could like force the gods and, and call upon them to do magical things. And where this then really sort of lands for us is so already, no, God said, no, don't do that with me. We're not doing that. It also became in the same vein a way of calling upon blessing and or cursing on other people. So if you would say, um, I call upon the gods to do good for you because I, I want good things for you, or I'm angry at you and I call upon the gods to throw lightning and burn your house down. You're using the name of the God to try to like force them to do something to other people. And whether it's magic or cursing or blessing, it's all about um, trying to force the God's hands and in invoking their name. And this comes back to the idea that when you invoke the power of a deity, of a God, you were, you were kind of binding what you were saying to them. There was like this real sense of authority behind it. And we see right off again, so magic is forbidden. So calling on God to perform tricks and is misusing the name. So when God says, don't misuse my name right off the bat, don't be like those other people who think they can call upon the God's names and just get him to do little tricks and things. I don't work that way. Come to me in prayer, sure. Let's talk. Let's have a relationship. But I'm not, I, I'm not here for your parlor tricks, basically. But then let's move into cursing and blessing. There are many places in the Bible where we actually see people using the name of God to bless other people. I bless you. May, may the may the light of the Lord's face shine upon you. And in that verse, they're using the word Yahweh. Um, good things, blessings. In many ways, this is where the word misuse becomes important because misusing actually isn't really uh, about blessing. It's in this context, it's a more about disaster. It's more about bad things. So what you really see, I think at its core is God is, and this is where our modern sort of swearing use of, you know, God blanket or whatever sort of becomes into context because misusing the name of God was to call upon disaster or cursings or bad things for other people. It's asking God to do something bad to other people. And at some point throughout, you know, modern English, and I apologize, I'll try to say this if, in case your kids are watching, um, the idea of spending eternity uh, in, in eternal punishment was called damnation. And so asking God to send someone into damnation to, to essentially condemn, it comes from the word condemn, condemn their soul. Like, so to say God condemn their soul, it was a serious, serious thing you were saying. Um, and so this would, to even do that though, I think, and this is where it's important, you are calling upon God to do something horrible to another human being. What does that say about God? So we see that having God's name was not a magical way of forcing his hand like fairy tales, where if you can just learn the name, you can make him do whatever you want. Um, this is coming right off the heels of the second command, which is not to make an idol, which is another way of sort of manipulating and trying to work and earn the God's favor by all these kind of things. 
it's a misunderstanding of God and this is a mis to take God's name and try to use it for magic tricks or to bring down curses is misunderstanding who he is. It's misunderstanding what it means to have him part of your life. Uh, especially for something like a hex or calling on him to condemn or send people to damnation. This was misusing and smearing his character. Um, asking God to do something horrible to somebody is taking his name and profaning it. It's being like, oh, that, that Yahweh God, he just kills people and hexes people and makes things miserable. Like we just, we use God's name to, to curse our enemies. And he's saying, no, no, I, I don't want that. Uh, so I think they were okay. Like, if you want to use my name to bless people, sure, but you're not going to use it to curse people um, and condemn them. So that's where it started, and it's why even today we don't think about that because we don't, you know, in our world today, we're not thinking about blessings and cursings and the power of the gods. We just, you know, we stub our toe and we're like, God, boing, you know, uh, but that's where it comes from. It's calling upon God to do something horrible, which is, is misusing his name. We shouldn't do it. Now, there's another side of this, though. And, and, and I said there's two sides. Remember, there's the disaster, there's the bad, there's the trying to manipulate thing. But then there's the other side of it where the word can mean something untrue, false, lies. And this is also, it's still connected. It's part of the idea of what else they would call upon the gods for. They'd call upon them for like magic or incantation, blessings, cursing, kind of doing things in the world. But there's another side. In the ancient world, they would call upon the gods to essentially adjudicate and, uh, and hold people accountable for vows and oaths when you swore an oath. And this is actually where we get the word swear from. Um, when we talk about don't swear, and I'm gonna get into that in a minute, the word swear doesn't actually mean cuss in the sense of foul language. It means an oath, it means a promise. And so this is where you would invoke the gods the most. So think about this way, and I'll back a little bit. Remember when we're kids, when we were little, maybe some of you still are, but, um, and we would make these crazy promises to one another. I remember just my kids do this, you know, like if you clean my room, uh, I'll, I'll be your servant for the rest of my life, you know, these kind of things. You're like, wait, what? You know, I'll give you all my money if you give me that last piece of cake. And what would they do? Like, well, do you promise? Yeah, yeah, I promise. And they're like, oh, yeah, but that's not enough. And then the, you go to all these extremes, right? Uh, um, pinky promise, you know, double dog, triple infinity, uh, allowing you, you know, if you break your promise, I, I get to punch you in the face. And, and it, like, there's all these like things that you add on as a kid to like force them to do it. Why? Well, this is actually kind of put yourself in that realm of, of a child when you and your friends are making these playground promises and you know something key in your head, don't you? You know that there's nothing that's going to keep that kid from keeping his word. You really do. And so you make all this stuff up just hoping that maybe they will. And I think this is really a big part of not taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, we see it restated. The, the whole Ten Commandments are restated in Leviticus. And then here, the Third Commandment is worded a bit differently. Let's look at Leviticus 19.22. It says this, Do not swear falsely by my name. So now it's not just misuse the name. He's actually getting specific. Don't swear falsely, which can be translated as misuse. Don't misuse, but it's swear falsely. And so profane or dishonor the name of God. So here it, it moves away from like the magical incantation, just the calling down curses. And it's a little bit different. It's swearing falsely because they lived in a world when it came to promises that we're actually much closer to the world of you and I as third graders on a playground. And, and I'm not calling them third graders, but let me explain. In that day and age, 
if somebody made a promise to you and they didn't follow through, what was your recourse? What could you do? Uh, right? You're going to take them to like, what, a court? I, I mean, you know, you didn't really see court systems set up until later on, you know, the Greeks and Romans kind of set things up. But even then we've talked about that. It wasn't great. We're talking about three, three and a half thousand years ago. There's no court system. There's no, you, can, you don't just hire a lawyer and, and go through contract negotiations. Most people can't read and write anyway. You don't have any paper. Like everything that you did, all the promises that you made were a handshake. And it's the question of whether or not you trusted the other person. And if the person that you made an agreement with, if you said, okay, I'll sell you my land for 500 goats and you know that I take your 500 goats, but then I don't give you the land. What are you going to do about it? I mean, maybe you try to hire some thugs and come and fight me, but what if I have more armed men? Well, you're just out of luck. And so you had this, this world whereby anytime people needed to make an agreement, needed to make an arrangement, there was nothing that they could hold themselves accountable. When I bought my house a few years ago, I wrote, I wrote my name on like 25 pieces of paper that were legally binding documents that if I don't pay, like the, 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 the current holder of my mortgage can kick me out of my house and take it. They'll call lawyers, the police. Like we live in a, a world that the judicial system has been set up to ensure that agreements and contracts are in place and they're followed. This wasn't the ancient world. So what they would do is they would actually call upon the gods to get involved. It was calling upon the gods to be witness, to see that we've made an agreement and to hold them accountable. It would say, God is now involved here. So if you break your promise, you're doing a couple of things. One, if you promise something in the name of God and you don't do it, you are actually making your God look bad. You are profaning him. You, his representative, his people are lying and breaking your contract that you called him into. Uh, it's not the same thing because our world is very different, but it almost, you going back to like the home analogy, maybe you can't quite afford a loan. And so you have like a parent or somebody else co-sign with you, right? Put their name on it with you. And then if you go under, they're kind of going under with you calling upon the name of the Lord or any God in a contract or vow was bringing them into it. It was putting the God's name under your name and saying, we're both on the hook for this. And then vice versa. It was also saying, I call upon the gods to strike you down if you don't pay me back. Like let, let the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely if I don't actually do this to you. Like I will promise, like I call upon my God to give me itchy boils all over my body if I don't pay you back. Um, and mm, that's a, okay, I agree. Let's shake on it. In the name of Yahweh, may you pay me back or get itchy boils all over your body. I don't mean that up. Um, but it was trying to uphold the oath or treaty because it's all they had. Um, your word was all a law court held and it didn't mean much. That's why oaths, the, the idea of swearing in a law court, um, you know, we put our name in the Bible, right? You're calling upon God on this oath. The Israelites took oaths and made their statements and contracts legally binding because they implored or called upon God to get involved. And so what you actually would see is they would, it, and so to be clear, this didn't mean that you could never use the name of God. It meant you couldn't misuse. You couldn't, you shouldn't swear falsely. So at the, really the core of this sentence is God saying, if you are going to swear an oath and bring me into it, you had better do it. 
Because if you don't, you are profaning my, you are embarrassing me, you are bringing me into your lies and I won't be part of it. You, my people, are supposed to be honest and trustworthy and so forth. Um, and so here's what's crazy, and, and we'll kind of tie this into the New Testament. Over time, what they began to do is they began to take this command so seriously they wouldn't even say the name of God. To even utter the name of God became a sin. Well, then how do we swear oaths? Um, they would replace the name of God with all different kinds of things like the heaven, I swear by heaven, the temple, the holy objects, I swear by the Ark of the Covenant. Um, be, not, but not because it was wrong just to use God's name, but in many ways, because then they could possibly get out of it, you know? Like, well, I didn't actually swear by God. I just swore by the temple. Um, and like there was this whole system where people were actually deciding like how, well, if you see, if he swore by the, the synagogue, then you really can't hold him to that because the synagogue is not really the holy place. But if he swore by the holy of holies, he should be up, right? You start arguing about these kind of things. Um, and for the Jewish people, it, it was important to uphold God's honor, but they saw themselves as getting around it. Like, well, I didn't swear by God's name, so I can cheat you. I, I swore by the temple and that's not really God. And it's sort of lessening the blow. And this got so confusing and uncertain over time that later rabbis would actually have to come up with these clear rules about which ones actually were binding and which ones weren't. Like, how closely to God's name actually were you when you said this? And you had this almost degree system whereby the strength of your oath was dependent on what you swore it by. So Jesus shows up. And what does Jesus say? Knock it off. Matthew 5, he says, don't swear an oath by anything, heaven or any of that kind of stuff, or even the name of God. Stop it. Just let your yes be yes. Now, hear that passage again in light of everything I just said. First of all, Jesus was not saying, um, don't cuss, like don't say swear words. That's a whole different conversation. Um, Paul picks up later, and not I'm sorry, not picks up, but later Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, uh, Ephesians 5 says there shouldn't be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. That's a bit more where Christians come from controlling our language. What Jesus is talking about here is your word and calling upon God to be involved in it. He's speaking into this system where originally a command was made by which God said, when you call upon my name, you better tell the truth because I want you to be people who are honest and true. It wasn't don't call upon my name. Go ahead, call upon my name. Be honest people who don't lie and cheat each other. And they developed this system of ways of getting around it. And they said, well, we, will not, we won't even use the name of God because we don't want to profane it. We'll never, we won't even utter Yahweh. Uh, I'll just swear by the temple. And then I can cheat you because I didn't really swear by the name of God. And Jesus is like, guys, don't you understand that you have completely missed the point? This was never about vows. This was never about oaths. This was never about whether you should or shouldn't invoke the name of God as if it's something magical. This was always about whether you as a human being are honest. Do you have integrity? And Jesus comes in and says, we're done with all these old like ritualistic, legalistic laws. I just want my followers to tell the truth. If you promise you're going to do something, do it. And it's not about whether you've invoked the name of God. And this is so key. You ready for this? For Jesus, it's not about whether you have verbally invoked the name of God. For Jesus, and I think this is always true, but he brings it to the forefront. 
It's about the fact that you live your life as a representative of God. You are Christ's ambassador in everything you say or do. So it doesn't matter if you invoke the name, oh, I swear by God's name, forget it. You said you would do it. You claim to be a follower of Jesus. So if you don't do it, you are embarrassing Jesus, period, regardless of what you said. Like Jesus is actually raising the stakes. He's making it more serious. He's getting to what it means to have integrity and be people of our word. Um, which, you know, David said something about this 800 years earlier or so in Psalm 15. Who may dwell in God's space, his secret tent, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, does not change their mind, accept bribes, rips off the poor, all these kind of things. Like, this, there's a long history of this. It's not about the verbal, I, I prayed it in God's name, or I hit my thumb and I yelled something out. Those things are superfluous. They're on the edge. They're not what this is about. What this is about is whether or not you have integrity. Whether or not, as a person who represents God in the way that you live, you honor him by being someone that other people can trust. For Jesus to look at you and say, if you're my disciple, if you're going to go out into that world and say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and you promise somebody something, you better do it. Because if you don't, they know you're a follower of Jesus and you are embarrassing and profaning me. Plus, I just don't want you to be people that lie. I want you to be people that tell the truth. That's God's heart. That's God's desire. When he created humans, he created them to be honest and work together and love each other and actually follow through on what they say they're going to do. So to be a Christian, I'm, I'm choosing, it's not about, do I swear? Do I take an oath? You know, there's, there's Christian denominations that won't swear on Bibles. They won't go into courtrooms and things because they take this passage. So literally, I think that's going too far. I, I don't think that's the wisdom behind this. It's not like, he's not saying don't promise things. He's saying, when you promise things, do it. <laughs> you don't need to invoke by name. You don't need to call upon God. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. And when you do that, you are actually honoring God. You are honoring his name. Even when you don't literally invoke it, even when you don't say, I promise in the name of Jesus that I will do this. I don't, I don't have to say that because I'm a Christian. And everything that I do reflects on him. Everything I do reflects on him. And for the, the ancient Israelites, they were God's chosen people. So everything they did reflected on God's honor. When they didn't live the way they were supposed to, they were dishonoring God. They were making the rest of the nations think badly about Yahweh, rather than saying, man, look at how great these people are. Look at how honest and trustworthy they are. Look how they love each other. Look how they always do what they say they're going to do. Who is their God? He, he's different and so much better than ours. That was the plan. So don't misuse it. Don't use my name for magical tricks and trying to deceive each other, call curses down each other. Call upon my name to show the world how good I am. Call upon my name when it's time to give blessing, when it's time to come through and show that you're people of integrity and people of your word. Let, let my glory be shown to a world not by the words you use, but by the fact that you live out what you say you believe and think. You know, I made a comment on another podcast. I, I said, you know, if I could put this in our modern day lingo, I think I would rewrite the third commandment, not as do not take the Lord's name in vain. I think it would be, uh, thou shalt not place a Christian bumper sticker on your car and then give people the bird while driving. <laughs> like that is profaning the name of God. Um, 
to say to yourself, I represent Christ, and then to do something stupid or terrible that makes Christ look stupid is profaning, it's misusing, it's swearing something falsely because your falseness is your allegiance to Jesus when you're behaving this way. And so by living in integrity and living the way I'm supposed to as a follower of Jesus, I am bringing about what is true about God and shining his glory and bringing honor to his name rather than misusing and abusing it. So that is what it's ultimately about. All right. Fun conversation, hopefully. Uh, if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out to me, Pete at RiseCityChurch.com. Love to hear them. I'm always taking more. Uh, I'm getting a little behind. Maybe I'll try to do podcasts more often so I can stay caught up on all your questions. But there's been some great ones coming in, and I'm excited to keep talking about them. Uh, yeah, the rating review stuff was kind of a joke at the beginning. But seriously, in all, in all honesty, uh, if you would like to leave a real review and uh, rate the podcast, I'd always appreciate it. It'd be super helpful. Um, if you want to leave your own funny review, I'm telling you, I'll probably read it. So I love, go ahead, bring it, bring it. I'd love to hear it. Uh, I don't mind. So, um, but anything you want to say, I, I think it'd be fun. To, if, if anyone has anything to want to add, I want to read it on the podcast if I can. And then, uh, yeah, uh, feel free to make sure you're subscribing to the, the YouTube or Apple, Spotify, whatever, to make sure you get it every week. And uh, we got some fun ones coming up. So I'm looking forward to those. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time on the Like Stars Podcast. See you. You consume me and I burn